welcome to the Refuge Church Podcast, where we long to see the lost saved, the saved transformed, and the transformed sent. For more information on how you can be a part of Refuge Church, join us on Sunday mornings in Jacksonville at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. Or visit our website at refugejackschurch.com. In this week's podcast, we are continuing our sermon series through Acts. Thank you for listening. My name is Jonathan. This is my wife, Christine. Um, this is Eli and Shepard. And what's your name? Ella. Ezra. What's What's your name? Ella. No. Your name's That's Jonah. Um, and Christine's going to be reading from Ephesians one three through fourteen. Ephesians one three through fourteen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first hope of hope, the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Thank you, uh, Diggs family. Christine, I appreciate you reading that. I know that's a tough passage. Uh, And Jonathan, I appreciate you modeling how to wear shorts to your boys. Uh, You're so good at that, such a good dad. So, um, uh, hey, listen, turn to Ephesians chapter 1 if you're not already there. Um, We're we're just going to jump in. So we are starting this month a series on adoption. Now, let me be very clear. Uh, The goal isn't necessarily to, at least today, to say go adopt um, however, what I, what I want you to walk away with today is just a, a greater understanding that your salvation, that God knowing you, uh, is the truth that you have been adopted, that, that those who are in Christ have experienced an adoption from their heavenly Father. Um, this month, uh, along with talking about adoption and preaching it on Sunday morning, there's going to be some opportunities for you to engage and serve those who are most vulnerable. Um, We're going to be starting today, really, as you leave today, uh, you'll be given a couple of pages. Those pages are part of our Christmas toy drive. If you were here last year, we we filled that side of the stage with toys. This year, we're going to fill both sides, right? And so, man, we're just going to let it happen. We want to collect as many toys as we can to give towards, um, man, adoptive and foster children in our areas for everybody. And then on December the 3rd, we're going to do a big distribution, uh, not here, uh, but at One More Child. I sent an email about that. There'll be more info to follow. I'll talk about it each week. And then this 
this coming Saturday, if you miss this, that's okay, uh, but you're invited just to help us men serve some folks in our area. We're going to try to clean out as much of our foster closet as we can by giving things away. We're going to do a cookout, grill some burgers, and have some bounce houses so, so that foster and adoptive families can come, get some things from the closet, get a free burger, have their kids burn some energy off on a Saturday. If you'd like to come and serve, be around, you can help bring things down from the closet, flip a burger. Please either just show up or communicate with myself or Mike Anderson. Christine uh, or Tanya Hardacre, she's over here. So we'd love your help uh, with that. Um, we're excited about Saturday. Um, so let me do this uh, before we jump into Ephesians chapter 1. And so Ephesians 1, 3 through 14 will be our text uh, for the entire uh, month. So we'll come back to that over and over again. Um, but I want to tell you what we're going to do. Then I want to pray and then we'll jump in. So this, this, this morning is all about how you, if you have placed faith in Christ, are adopted. Next week, uh, is what's called Stand Sunday. It's an opportunity for us as the church to stand in the gap for those children who are in uh, the most vulnerable places and situations and have been displaced, those foster children. The third Sunday of November, uh, what I want to do is paint a more accurate picture of what adoption and foster care can often feel like. Um, oftentimes, when God calls us to do something, um, sometimes we believe it's going to be easy and it's just not. And so I'd like to paint an accurate picture or a more accurate picture of that. I know for us, um, and, and I've talked to so many who, they saw a picture of a child and they believed, if I just love them enough, it'll be enough for their healing and our wholeness as a, as a family. And that's just not always the reality. And then the fourth Sunday of this month will be our final sermon and Sunday on adoption. It'll be one service, a family service. It's a Sunday following Thanksgiving. So if you've brought your kids to that, it'll be that. It'll be we're running around, we're making noise, we're throwing basketballs at each other. If you have been a part of that and know what I'm talking about. So uh, we'd love for you to be here and experience what it's like for us all to be in the same room together that last Sunday um, of the month. So here's what I'd like to do. Um, I wrote out a prayer, and a, a prayer to help us be very intentional in thinking about adoption. Now, I'll give you a warning. Uh, when you pray things like this, oftentimes the Lord leads you to do things that before you prayed that, you may not have considered doing. So I've got five uh, prayer points this morning that I'd like to pray with you. And so what I'm going to do is read one and then pause so you can pray it or amen it quietly in your heart or out loud, whatever, uh, however Pentecostal you might be. Uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of close that time out and then we'll get to Ephesians chapter one. Does that sound good? Everybody on the same page? And I'd love for you to take some notes in a little while. So, man, grab one of those adoption cards in your seat or use your Bible or, man, writing your phone, whatever works for you. Uh, but let's pray. Lord, we love you and we are thankful for our own adoption as sons and daughters of, of the King. And so, Gordon, God, as we step into just this month and talking about how we have been adopted, God, in your heart for adoption, God, we want to pray some very specific things. So church, prayer one is this. Father, would you give us a heart like yours for those who are in the most vulnerable places in our world. Help us to see them and not look away. You can amen that quietly in your heart. You can amen it out loud. But we want to see those who are in the most vulnerable places. Prayer two. Father, would you give us a heart like yours for foster and adoptive children to see them Pray for them, serve them, and consider our role in their lives. Would you pray that as the Lord leads? Number three, Father, would you give us a heart like yours for the orphan, 
the displaced and the vulnerable children who are near us. Give us eyes to see them. Father, would you give us a heart like yours to not miss or neglect the women around us who find themselves in hard situations, unwed, unwanted pregnancies, challenging family dynamics. Lord, help us not to turn a blind eye. Help us not to be judgmental. Forgive us if we are. But Lord, help us to be merciful and gracious to these and to seek to serve, not just thoughts and words, but action. And Father, would you give us a heart like yours for eyes to see, a heart to serve, hands that are willing, and a life that is generous and gracious to those who find themselves, for whatever reason, in the most vulnerable of situations. Lord, we need you and we love you. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, we'll start in verse 3 in just a couple of minutes. Um, just if you don't know me... Um, my wife and I have been married coming up on 20 years. We have five children, three of whom are adopted. So uh, to say adoption and, and even foster care are near and dear to our heart is, is probably an understatement in, in truth. And so, uh, But my goal this morning is, is to look at you, church, and to remind you of this. I want you to write this down to start with. That adoption is this, to make your own. That is the definition of adoption, to make your own. And when we place faith in Christ, when we get saved as a Christian, if you want to use that vernacular, then in that moment, God is making us his own. The very definition of adoption is to make your own. On Fe February the 6th, 2009, um, I was preparing to take my then very young daughter, who's now 18 years old, uh, to a father-daughter Valentine's dance. Uh, I was dressed, she was dressed, we were taking pictures on my BlackBerry because it was 2009. Um, as that was taking place, we get a phone call. And the phone call went something like this. Hi, this is so-and-so from a Covenant Care Adoption Services. Uh, a little boy has been born, uh, and his birth mother has selected you uh, to be his parents. Uh, that is a call. That is a call you really don't know how to respond to. You just kind of stammer and go, okay, like you just don't know what to say. Um, I remember uh, going, okay, and they said, are you ready for that? And I don't know if you ever are ready for that, but the next day, February 7th, 2009, a red minivan pulled up into our driveway probably around two or three in the afternoon. I remember this moment like it's paused in time. I remember my wife's, what she was wearing. I remember the shirt I was wearing. I remember her haircut at the time. I remember the red minivan. I remember the two individuals that were in the red minivan. There was the driver and also the social worker. And I remember this little white lady, social worker, gets out of the minivan and she's holding this little bundle of beautiful brownness with curly hair just falling all out of the little wrap they have him in. And, and she placed this this child, this baby in my arms, and she's crying, and we're all crying, and it's that ugly cry where you're like, you know, this like this, this moment of what is going on. And this beautiful brown skinned, curly haired little boy was placed in our arms. He was made our own, and we received him as our own. And then on Sunday, February 8th, I remember at 1 a.m., 3 a.m., 5 a.m., him waking us up because he was hungry. And I remember thinking, that's my son. He's mine. My son, my oldest son, my child, 
God has brought him to us. We have made him our own. You may have encountered Micah. He's now almost my size. He's 13 years old and he walks around here and God made him my own. What I want you to hear me say today is adoption means to make your own. And that those who are in Christ, God has adopted and made them his own. Today I want to talk about the truth that we've been adopted rather than an action of you going out doing something that you were adopted. Man, man, we talk uh, today a lot about a call to action, a calling of ministry to adopt, but if we don't understand the fullness of our own adoption, we will miss the point. So I'd love for you to write a couple things down as we get started. Adoption means to make your own if you miss that. And here's the point of that. If I'm in Christ, he made me his own. He wanted me. I and mean, I'd love for you to hear those words. He wanted me. He didn't have to. He wanted me. Adoption is the very heart of the gospel that we weren't, but because of Christ we are. We have been made his own, not of our own doing, but because of God's great love for us. J.I. Packer in his book, Knowing God, side note, a book that every Christian home should have, said this, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child. And having God as his father, if this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means he does not understand Christianity very well at all. And write this last line down that J.F. Packer says, Father is the Christian name for God. I mean, we're adopted. Adopted in Christ. Those, excuse me, through Christ alone, all who profess faith, have been adopted by a gracious and merciful Father who gave His Son's life to suffer and die so that many would become sons and daughters of God. Our Heavenly Father in and through Christ has and offers to make us His own, adopt us. And when we understand this, we have a better understanding of who we are in Christ. One definition says it this way. Adoption is the deliverance from the past, a status and way of life in the present, and a hope for the future. Adoption is a beautiful picture of the process of becoming a child of God. I want to read some scripture to you so you can really hear man, that from the beginning, this has been God's plan. Romans 8 says this, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit... And you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit, listen to what it says, of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. We always read that or kind of think on that verse as, a, as I'm not going to fear verse. But what it's talking about is we didn't to fall back in fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. You may have heard this before. That word Abba is kind of like calling our Father God, Daddy. The Spirit himself bears witness within our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. And if heirs of God, then fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we might be also glorified with him. In the Old Testament, Hosea says, And in that day I will answer, declares the Lord, I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth. And the earth shall answer the grain and the wine and the oil, and I will sow her for myself in the land. And then it says this in verse 23 of Hosea 2. And I will have mercy on no mercy, and I will say to not my people, you are my people. And he shall say, you are my God. And he's saying, you, weren't, you once weren't my people, now you are. Galatians 3, Paul says, but now faith comes 
now faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, for in Christ Jesus you are sons of God through faith. Galatians 4 says, but when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. John chapter 1, but to all who did receive him, if you place faith in Christ, if you become a Christian who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will or of flesh, nor of any will of man, but of God. The narrative scripture of scripture from the beginning is, is that God is adopting his people. Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Mordecai took in Esther, and it, the scriptures say, brought her up as his own daughter. Eli and Samuel, even our own savior, Jesus. Joseph, his adopted father, Jesus' very story was that of an earthly father making his son, Jesus, his own son. And now we look at Ephesians 1, which is, which is like the mountaintop of understanding our adoption in Christ. As we get ready to go through this passage, I really want you to see two things that are really important. Number one, this passage is filled with pronouns. He, him, he, him, he, him. I want you to see how often, and I'll try to emphasize, how often it's about what he and him have done and not what we have done. Man, if you write in your Bible, circle them as we, as we go, and you'll, you'll end up with something that looks like this. Just reminded in the moment, it's not what you could do or what you've done, it's what Christ has done on your behalf. The other thing I'd want you to see is, if you were to, and you probably will never, and I try not to do this a lot, but if you were to ever read this in the Greek, verses 3 through 14, it actually reads as one long run-on sentence. Uh, we put some periods and some commas in there to make it flow a little better in the English language, but it's one run-on sentence. It's as, it's as if somebody who talks really fast got really excited and just showed up and went, and just could not wait to get this news out. And so, so it needs to be read that way. Now, in saying all that, if you'll start in verse 3 with me, I'm just going to walk through these, these verses, these 11 verses. It says, Blessed be, God, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So the spiritual blessing, I want you to see that phrase, every spiritual blessing. What are the spiritual blessings we get from being in Christ? We receive salvation. Jesus pays our debt on the cross. That's actually exciting. I know that may have hit funny. That's a big deal. We receive the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us. We get the gift of being part of the church. And please hear me, being a member of the church is a gift. We get the gifts of the Spirit. We get a future in heaven with God. We get salvation held by Jesus, not by me. A spiritual blessing in Christ is I have a new identity. I'm a new creation. You may have heard the verse, the old is gone, the new has come, and on and on. Being adopted comes with spiritual blessing. Verse 4, even as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. I want you to let the next couple of verses men settle into your soul. We were chosen for adoption by God. Before the foundation of the world, he knew us. Before we were born, before he formed us, he knew us. He chose us. He saved us. Jonah 2.9, I try to say it every week. Salvation belongs to the Lord. He chose us, and then write this down, before we ever knew him. So for me, as a 19-year-old almost college student, 
who goes to a worship service and I'm sitting on the front row thinking about the cute girls around me and God saved me in that moment. He chose me even before I knew him. He looked down from heaven and he knew us and he wanted us and he made us his own. And we are chosen for adoption. Now, at the end of verse 4, there's two words that we're going to talk about in a minute. It's the why he chose us. But I, I want to pause for a minute. Because before we can cover the rest, I think it's really important that we address one of the hugest issues of our culture. It's very popular in our world to say we're all just children of God. And I get where that comes from. It comes from the idea that God has created all people. And certainly we don't disagree with that. But there's a big difference, church, hear me, from being created by God and being a child of God. Being created by God, he created all. Being a child of God is I have received salvation. He offers, he has saved me. Jesus paid my debt and I am known by God and I know him. So while it's true that God absolutely created all people, only those who claim Jesus as Lord and who have expressed faith in Jesus are considered children of God. And that's really important because if we walk around just affirming this idea that everyone is God's child, he loves us all, there's, a, there's, some, there's some untruth there. God created all people. God desires all people to be saved. God desires all people to be his children, but not all people are children of God. Only those who expre- express faith and place faith in Christ, and this matters. Because we can't tell people, yes, you're a child of God. Look at me if they're not. It's the kid to me looking at my kid and saying, yes, I love you, and I don't. We become a child of God when we receive faith. When we become Christians, when we are saved. And, and if we don't, we, we lead them falsely. You must be saved. You must place faith in Christ to know God and spend eternity with God. So did God create us all? Yes. Does God desire all to be saved? Yes. But not all are children of God. We have to place faith in Christ. So today, if that is you and you've never placed faith in Christ, I would tell you, become a child of God. Express faith in Christ today. Begin a relationship with the God who loves you and offers you forgiveness and new life. Now look at verse, the end of, very end of verse 4. I have this, these two words. There's an arrow, there's a circle, there's a line. And the question is, why did he adopt us? Why did he adopt us? And it's answered in those two words, in love. He loved us. He loved us. Not as we would be. Not our potential. Please hear this. He loved us. Make it personal. He loved you. You can say he loved me. He loved me fully. He knew me fully. He knew my beginning. He knew my end. He knew everything in the middle. He knew all the good and all the bad, and he still loved us. You were adopted by a good and holy God and made part of his family because he loves you. And because he loves you, he wants good for you. And he wants for you to know him. And to be very clear, and please write your notes, it's not that he likes you, okay? Like, he loves you. If I woke up in the morning tomorrow and said, hey, Beth, I like you, to my wife, I'm not sure how that would go. Definitely wouldn't get a kiss, right? But if I walk up and I wake up and I say, I love you, and it means, I, to like, I, mean, I like a lot of people, but I don't love a lot of people. Verse 5, now, we're getting into some, some theology that people like to argue about. And to be clear, I don't care to argue about it. I just care to go, here's what the scriptures teach. Let's listen and follow. Verse 5 says, he predestined us. Now, we can pause. We'll go ahead and address that real quick. Predestined, when we see that word, we see like foreknowledge and chosen, we tend to have this panic attack. Some do. Man, and I don't want to take a deep dive into all of that this morning, but I will tell you, when you look up predestined in the Greek, do you know what it means? It means predestined. <laughs> it doesn't change. Really, that idea is that he already knew. 
So when we read a word like predestined or chosen, he already knew. He already knew me before I ever knew him, before the foundation of the world. He already knew. So he predestined us for adoption in himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, verse 6 says, which, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. And his will, his desire is to do so. Listen, next to I'm adopted, we write, he didn't have to, he wanted to. He didn't have to, he wanted to. Let me try to give an illustration. Um, we had some friends that moved away six, eight months ago to go be missionaries in another country, kind of Eastern European-ish area. And uh, really close to, the, the wife was really close to my wife, Beth. And so they gave us like a coffee thing and some cups and they, like the stuff they couldn't sell at the yard sale, but they couldn't take with them and fit in the shipping container. They gave us like just stuff. So it was great. Some of it we use it. Some of it we passed on. But, but all that to say, one of the things they said, hey, we want you to take our goldfish. And I was like, oh, all right. Is there not a toilet nearby? Like, what are we doing here? You know, you're going there. I already have like eight mouths to feed. What do we do? You know, and so like, no, we want to see. And they have this goldfish that's like this big and they've had it for 10 years. And I was like, oh, cool. Thank you for more feeding for me. Appreciate that. And so um, we received the goldfish. And I want to be clear, we received the goldfish. Um, Beth didn't show up with this tank, 20 gallon tank, fat goldfish and go, look what we got. I didn't jump off the couch and go, yes. I went, oh, got to find a spot and go buy food. Okay. We got, got a fish, I guess. Hope it doesn't die, and if it does, okay. Like, like this is how I feel. I still feel it's still alive. I don't know how we feed it like real fish food, and also my kids just put stuff in there and eats it crayons, granola bars, and it's just still alive and it floats around. If it died, I wouldn't be sad, but like I'm not. I wouldn't be happy. It's just there. Can we be real honest? I mean, some of us, some of us, we kind of feel like God feels towards us like I do that goldfish. Like, I'll take it. It's fine as long if it's up there and it doesn't make a big deal and splash around too much. Then you're not a goldfish that was left behind, church. Look at me. You were bought by the blood of Christ. Your life was paid for by Jesus' death. A continual demonstration of how much he loved and desired you. Man, man please hear this today. He didn't have to adopt you. Ready? He wanted to. He wanted to, man. When they placed Micah in my arms, nothing could have taken him out. We named him Micah because that name Micah means there's no God like our God. Good luck. And he didn't have to. God didn't. He wanted you. And hear me, in a world full of rejection and insecurity and fear and hate, I don't know about you, but the fact that somebody wants me man, is, is incredibly encouraging. But let's continue, verse 7. In him, men, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Adoption is the reminder of redemption. Our sins forgiven. New life in Christ. Being adopted means I have been redeemed. Being adopted is the continual reminder my debt has been paid. It's the continual reminder that it is by grace that I've been saved. It is a means of grace that you have been adopted. There's this acronym for grace, and it's God's riches at Christ's expense. Listen, you didn't earn it. It was a means of grace. Verse 8, and then look what it says, which he lavished upon us. I don't know that we, we don't use that word a ton, so let's, like, like, let's try to get a good picture of lavish, because grace was lavished on you. Um, <clears throat> Beth showed me several times these videos um, 
on social media of little kids sitting at a counter trying to pour a big thing of juice in a small cup. Anybody seen these? And they just make a massive mess. Um, and everybody thinks they're really cute. I don't, like, the first time I watched it, I just stressed. I was like, why are they spilling all that juice? Why are they wasting that? Who's going to clean that up? Do I have to go clean that? Do I have to go to their house and clean that up? Because I'm Anyway, and so the picture would be cute two-year-old smiling, trying to pour juice and just missing the cup. Uh, either it goes beyond the cup, goes short of the cup, and they just pour juice until they get a little bit in the cup. I mean, that's such an incredible picture of lavish. We're going to get some in the cup, but it's going to be all over and all around you. And lavished, overflowing, all over your life. And that grace is poured out all over you so that it's always available to hit you. Verse 9, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. And the adoption of your souls and the souls of others. This has always been the plan. Adoption as sons and daughters of a good father and a good king. Listen, he wanted me. He wants you. He will want me tomorrow. He wants me for all eternity. And part of that, verse 9 and 10 teach us, to make all things new. He's doing a process now of making us new that he will complete upon his return. Then one day God will restore all things, making his creation new. God is not going to, there's this false idea that God's going to destroy everything and start over. God's a restorer and a redeemer. He's not a destroyer. The Bible teaches his plan is to restore all things, make all things new, and your adoption is part of that and a picture of that. He's the one who takes broken and dirty things and makes them new. This is what redemption is all about. Verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Our adoption gives us an inheritance. We tend to think of an inheritance like we see in some goofy Adam Sandler movie, like I'm going to get a bunch from the rich uncle. But, but you got to kind of move your, your focus off that and think about what is this word saying? That both now our inheritance and for all eternity is that we will be sons and daughters of the king. And all the king has is mine. And all the king wants to give us is ours. I mean, think about a good father. Just, to, just If you didn't have a good father, I'm sorry. But consider a good father for a moment. They want what's best for their child. They want to bring good gifts. I, I went on a trip this week. And, and when I came back, I walked in the door. And I got a few hugs. And I got a, what did you bring us? Right? but I've been doing this for a while. So I pulled a bag out. I saw the, the, the gas station. I was like, here's some gum. Here's some chips. Cost me like eight bucks, right? But I had a gift for them all. And they were happy with that for at least a minute, right? A father wants what's best for their children. He wants to give them good gifts. A father wants what's best for their children. He wants to offer protection. Man, if, if Zoe's riding her bike and she wants to run out in the street, I don't go, don't do that. I go, what are you? I get her attention. I protect her. But ultimately, and please hear this, ultimately, a father wants time with their child. This is why you were adopted, to know your father, to walk with him. You were adopted so you could have intimacy with the father. This is the point, that you may know him and he may know you. Those sweet times where his presence is just near. So today, be reminded, you were created and adopted to have intimacy with the Father. Start there, because there's nothing else that is as important this week. I mean, if you, if you please hear this, there's nothing else that's as important this week as sitting alone with the Father and being reminded of his love for you.
Now, I don't know about you, but man, when I try to do that, I swear my phone rings when it doesn't ring. Man, so put it in another room, set aside those few minutes and just sit alone with the Father. You are a son of the king. You are a daughter of the king. A king that wants to reveal himself to you, that wants to walk with you, that wants to know you and be known by you. Verse 13, in him, you who also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, Luke says, believed in him. And when you believed, what happened? You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory? Uh, Beth and I uh, went to an adoption conference 17, 18 years ago. And this, this uh, I'll never forget, that the only thing I heard from that whole conference was Chick-fil-A and this, this story of this... Um, this lady. So this lady walks out. She had to be in her 60s or 70s at that point. She was from uh, Minnesota or Michigan, kind of a northern state. And she walks out on stage, thousand people in the room. She's this big. They give her the mic. It's almost bigger than her. And she, real frail voice, kind of crying, tells a story of how uh, she adopted this little boy from birth. Um, and at the age of 12 or 13, um, the adoption was never finalized, but she was his legal guardian and and she was still trying, because of the state's laws, it just hadn't processed through yet. And at the age of 12 or 13, the, the biological family sued for custody of the child. And after 13 years, she'd had this child from birth. He was removed, 12, 12 years, he was removed from her care and put back in the biological family's care. And this lady stands there telling this story and, 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 and like, I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. And I kept waiting, I don't know if you've ever been there, like somebody's telling a story, and you're waiting for that mic drop redemption moment. Like I was waiting for her to go, and then he came back. And then she gets done saying it, then he goes back, and then she just starts crying and walks off the stage. And the whole room's like, that was the worst thing I've ever heard. I mean, I cannot forget that story. It was never finalized. And listen, being adopted, being made his own, means we are sealed for all eternity. There's a word in here I want you to see and underline. Verse 14 says, who is the guarantee of our inheritance? And there's no reversing our adoption. No one's coming back and going, you know what? I, I know that Jesus saved you, but we're going to take it back. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what distinguishes those who have been adopted from those who have not. The Holy Spirit is the constant reminder of God's love for us by his presence never leaving us. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our adoption. The Holy Spirit is the judge's gavel of our adoption finalized with our God. I've sat in two courtrooms where the judge dropped the gavel and said they're yours, but here was the question they would pose first. We'd be in a courtroom, there'd be some family and friends there, and they'd, I mean, it's, it's incredibly overwhelming to consider they're about to officially be yours. And last January, uh, we did this again with Hunter and Zoe, and the judge looks up, and everybody's smiling and happy, and it's right before Christmas, and they said, why do you want to adopt this child? Was the question they asked us. And they went down the line, and was asking all of our family. And everybody's crying, and there's, there's this snot and tears, and, and, you know, and everybody's kind of doing their thing, and the judge looks up and goes, and everybody's smiling, and she's smiling and so happy, and, and Hunter and Zoe are actually sitting in the judge's lap, and getting, it's getting out of hand, and, and the judge says, why do you want to adopt this child? And I remember them walking down like all three of our kids, and then hitting Beth, and hitting me, and and basically, everybody's answer is, they are mine through tears. This was the answer for every single one. Ezra, they are mine. Micah, that's my brother and sister. Hannah, they are mine. She's crying. They get to Beth. Beth's like, they're mine. She can't even talk. And they get to me, and, I, and I'm usually kind of big, strong, and I'm like, you know, just like pointing to Beth, like what she said, right? Like, here's how, and, and that moment, man, is, is so powerful 
and so worshipful because it's their mind through tears. And look at me, church. That's how God feels about you. He's mine. She's mine. And when Christ paid that debt on the cross, the debt he was paying was one day when you stand in front of God and give an account, Jesus is going to go, no, you're with me. He's mine. She's mine. And for the rest of your physical life and for all of eternity, you have been bought with a price and you are his. I mean, when the enemy this week wants to come to you and say, you're a terrible Christian, you're not a good person, any lie they want to throw your way, you know what your reminder is? Yeah, but I've been bought with a price. I've been adopted and nothing changes that. That gavel's been dropped. The Holy Spirit resides in me. So I'd like to um, give an invitation, but then I'd like to, tell, to just kind of give an example. So number one, as a result of what you've heard today, I think some of you might need to place faith in Christ for the first time. Become a child of God. Man, after the service, I will be up here along with Stephen and one of our elders. We would love to pray a prayer of salvation and walk you through that today. Some of you need to give evidence of salvation by being baptized. We're going to have baptism in January. Some of you need to come forward and say, I've been saved, but I've never done that. After the service, I would love, I think Donnie, Stephen will be here, and we'd love to have a conversation with you. So please come forward. I'll remind you again in a few minutes. But I'd like to demonstrate a picture of adoption. Where are my people at that were going to help me? So are they even in here? So they disappeared. There's one. Jose, Michelle, perfect. Um, I didn't see you guys. I apologize. <laughs> I want to demonstrate a picture of adoption. So when we're adopted, we're given a new family. And the church is, is a picture of that, a representation of that. But this is now family. Son of the king. Brother and son of the king. Son of the king and daughter of the king brother and sister of the king, daughter of the king and son of the king, brother and sister of the king. We are brought into a new family. This is what the church represents as to what's coming one day. Man, Micah was in here in the first service and I brought him up as well because he's a son of the king. This is the invitation today to be a part of a, a new family of God. Doesn't mean you're leaving your old family, but being invited into a new family that, listen to me, isn't just for today, but is for all eternity. Man, God's painting a picture of what the eternal church will look like. And your adoption and the sons and daughters of the king all around you's adoption is a part of that picture. And we beg you today to place faith in Christ, become and be part of this family because he wants you to be adopted. You did nothing to earn it. I'm going to pray. God, we love you. And we are so thankful that your word teaches in Ephesians over and over that I couldn't earn it. I couldn't choose it. I couldn't do it. But you adopted me because you wanted me. But you know everything about me, all the dark, messy stuff. And you wanted me. Lord, the temptation is to wake up every day and to not believe that. To not believe that you wanted me. You desired me. Lord, when we're tempted to, 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 to not believe that, would you remind us that we've been adopted and the Holy Spirit guarantees that that never will be changed. Now, church, as we have an opportunity to sing a song of response to the Lord and be reminded of how deep the Father's love for us, and could, could, you, could you just ask the Lord if you're struggling to hear this message, Lord, would you remind me that I've been adopted because you love me, because you chose me? Even before I knew you, you knew me. 
Maybe you need to place faith in Christ today and you want to come forward after the service. I'll be available. Maybe there's something else. But I pray that you would take a moment to respond as the Lord leads. So God, we need you. We love you. God, would you remind us of your nearness now. tuning in to the Refuge Church podcast. For more sermons or to learn how you can give to Refuge, check out our website at refugejackschurch.com. For those who have heard the gospel and believe the gospel, go out living the gospel. You are sent.